0: Hey there, friends, it's Nick. So last week, Wendy and I started watching The Traitors on BBC. And if you're not aware, The Traitors is this reality show that just exploded, seemed to explode into the, certainly in the UK, into the public consciousness at the end of last year. And we haven't seen any of it before. And I think it was a Dutch format TV show originally, but it's obviously been brought by the BBC or a production company that works to the BBC. I've noticed now there's a US version. It's just gone massive. Seems to have gone massive very quickly. And although I am not a big fan, in fact, I'm, I'm the opposite of a fan of reality TV, I haven't watched any for years. I haven't watched any since when was the last thing I watched? Probably about apprentice season three, when they really started just seem to. When they just started picking wankers basically to go on people that, that they knew the producers knew you would want to hate straight away. I kind of left the genre after that. And the reason I'm, i like, I wanted to watch this or at least start watching this is because, because I'm really interested in formats 30 years ago, when I was working with IBM, well, a bit less than that, but when I was working with IBM, I worked with a company and one of the things they did was create formats for television. And I mean, they were mostly around game shows and what have you. But I always thought it was just so fascinating that you'd, you'd dream up a kind of a scenario or a game or something like, you know, a great example of something that really was kind of a, an exorcet through the British television ratings was who wants to be a millionaire. And, you know, when that, that first premiered with Chris Tarrant in the chair and what have you, and Tarrant and his producer had spent years, I think he was on LBC, Chris Tarrant, in the morning breakfast show. And they'd spent years really, really honing their craft, really honing their expertise around creating the tension on the radio with, you know, questions and competitions and, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that if you watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, the tension is remarkable. The jumps, you know, as, as, as the risk gets higher, and the opportunity gets more, it's remarkable. It's one of the things... One of the reasons why that show went massive is, excuse me, is because we're, we're shouting at the TV screen. Right. And that's obviously, I mean, I haven't seen Love Island or any of that kind of thing, but my guess is it's the same. We become invested in these characters. So, you know, I wanted to see, to see what this is like because I've got friends and, and people I enjoy chatting to who've watched it. And Two minutes in, Wendy turned to me and said, you want to turn this off already, don't you? Because there were already like people shouting at each other and what have you. But we didn't. And now, I mean, I'm, we're not finished here or anything, but I guess we're halfway through the series. So it really sucked us in. And I wanted to talk about a couple of the things, a couple of the reasons, the storytelling reasons why we get so sucked into a show like Traitors. And if you're not familiar with it, Essentially, the idea is a bunch of people turn up at a castle. One of them is going to win £120,000 or up to £120,000, excuse me. They all have to work together to build the prize fund, but three of them in this group of, I don't know how many it is, maybe 20 people, three of them are traitors. And every night the traitors get to kill, murder one of the people and they're never seen again, essentially. So what you have is all of these people pretending to be friendly, pretending to be good, pretending to be what they call faithfuls. And then you have three people who are working together on the inside because if, if one of them is left at the end, then they get the money essentially. I don't know, I haven't seen to the end, so I don't know how it all works out at the end, but that's the essential setup. So what you've got is a really interesting storytelling mixture because all of these people are smiling at each other. All of them are working together to build the prize fund, and all of them are trying to work out who are the traitors in their midst. And there's some interesting stuff going on. And of course, the power, the the sort of the the driving force of this is dramatic irony, which I've talked about before in the podcast. Dramatic irony when the audience knows something that the the or the reader knows something, if you if you're talking about a novel that the protagonist doesn't know, or that someone in the in the scene doesn't know. And in this case, of course, we know almost from the start who the good guys are, who the bad guys are, and what we're watching is these people who don't know that trying to figure it out. And of course it becomes quite engaging because the traitors who at the start of it feel like it's, you know, it's a bit of a jape to, to, to be on the inside very quickly start to feel the pressure because they're, you know, they're living a lie. And we've talked about how how exhausting it is to try and pretend to be something you're not. You know, this is why we all want to be authentic, to use that horrible word, right? We want to be ourselves because being anything other than ourselves is really over the long term is exhausting. So they're it's not only tiring, but it's also mentally taxing because they have people who are taking them into their confidence, people who are trusting them. And then Every night they're getting together and selecting who's going to die. And the other part of this is that every day they all get to sit around a table and accuse each other and vote on who they think is a traitor and someone gets sent home. So there's, I mean, it's a really sort of sticky kind of formula. There's at least two reveals, two twists, I would say, in every episode. And the producers are not shy about um about twisting the knife. So that's one thing. We've got this, yeah, this traumatic irony, but there's another way of thinking about it, I suppose. And that's, that's called the Kulshav effect. And I think I've talked about this as well. Kulshav was a, a Russian director who did this famous kind of experiment towards the start of the 1900s, where he filmed an actor looking at a, I think it was a, a girl in a coffin or something and a, some a bowl of soup or something like that he filmed two or three things and then he would put them together so the audience would see a man looking at a bowl of soup or a man looking at a girl in a coffin or you know whatever it might be and the audience and the the man wasn't saying anything he was just looking and the audience raved about this actor's ability to to embody grief or embody hunger or whatever it was not knowing of course that it was the same shot of the actor each time and what you get this, this sense of um, the storytelling that happens in the brain, where we connect, we connect two things together and tell ourselves a story that seems like the truth. And of course, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. I mean, it's so, it's so obvious. And we sit at home laughing at these people, these poor people here who see something tell themselves a story and a certain certain that they'd caught a traitor that because someone didn't raise a glass or they didn't smile at the right time or, or or they got upset or whatever this is proof and they tell themselves that story and that story becomes the truth until they get them kicked out and of course they, they realize on the way out that they're not actually a traitor and they've just they've just ditched one of their own. And I think that there's this interesting thing and, and Andrew Stanton talks about this. If you wanna if you wanna read a really good book about storytelling Into the Woods by um oh now, what's his name? John Hold on, let me find it it's it's worth finding. Uh John York. Yeah, John York, he's who, who's a you know, a TV guy. He talks about Kauchov cool effect, but he also quotes Andrew Stanton, who I've mentioned before, who of course you know, is the co-writer of Finding Nemo. And Stanton has said, you never, we know, good storytelling, you never give any the audience four, you give them two plus two, right? And you let them come up with the answers. And there's, there's a lot of that going on because, as we know, our brains telling stories all the time. They're taking in the environment all the time and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And, of course, as the audience for this show, we have superpower." because we can see an awful lot of things that the other people can't see. I mean, at least, you know, let's leave aside the fact that we're getting an edited version, the version that the producers will know will create the most tension amongst us as well. But we're telling ourselves a story about these people and we're deciding who we like, because some of them, some are wankers, of course, or at least that's how they're portrayed by the, by the production team. Um, and. You find that you want some people to stay and some people to go and some people to be punished and you know, there's all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, I've been going on a while now, but you may not be into reality TV. And I honestly, I, I salute that, but if you're at all interested in, in storytelling and in the creation of tension, the creation and resolution of tension in the kind of the, the building waves, because obviously the tension is going up and up and up as the series continues, it's worth having a look, even if you just watch the first episode. But I suspect if you watch the first episode, you'll be watching the second one as well, as we did. And, uh, and we'll definitely be watching to, to the end now, and then we'll see. But in the meantime, remember that this is the kind of thing, this sort of tension is what keeps the story moving. It's to that sense of conflict, whether it's your story, your business's story, the, you know, the way that your product came about, all of that kind of stuff, it all matters. It all makes a difference. It's how we make sure that our story means business. Thanks for listening. If you want to dig into the stuff that I do in my day job, search online for story.business. Bye now.